For those just joining us, we are currently outside of Tootsie's Toyland in Spalding, Nebraska, where a man has tied himself to the park's titular Tootsie, an eight-foot-tall rainbow alligator. Authorities discovered the man at approximately 6.45 this morning, but it is thought that he may have been tied in place since yesterday afternoon. We're going to move in now to get a comment from the man in question. Sir! Sir! Y yes? Sir, why are you tied to the Tootsie in Tootsie's Toyland? They want to take Tootsie away, and I'm not going to let them. Sir, no one's trying to take Tootsie away. Th that's what they want you to think. <laughs> to they're, trying to they're trying to take Tootsie away. <laughs> Sir, are you sure this is in a commentary on the recent lumber demands in America? Nope. Just the gay alligator. <laughs> Sir, I don't believe there's been any confirmed literature from Tootsie's Toyland confirming the sexuality of the alligator. Tootsie says gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, are you, are you sure this isn't an emotional response to Kanye and Kim Kardashian's divorce? They're getting divorced? I believe so. Well, now it, now it is. Sir, are you going to remain strapped to Tootsie now that you have this new information? For, for as long as it takes for them to A, leave Tootsie alone, and B, for Kim and Kanye to get back together. Sir, no one is harming Tootsie. No one, the, the park has been closed for two years. That's the perfect time to take it down when no one's suspecting anything. Sir, are you saying that the lack of evidence that someone would try to take Tootsie is exactly the sign that told you that it was time to protect this landmark? Absolutely. Sir, is it true that Katie Price hired an exorcist to cleanse her wedding venue of bad energy? Knowing Katie, that is true. Well, you heard it here, folks, from a verified source. Katie Price, once again, doing the abstract by hiring an exorcist for her wedding venue. Katie's always been weird. Sir, is there anything else you'd like to, to say to the public before we go back to the studio? I just want the people to know that I will do what needs to be done to protect this national icon from the hands of big demolition. I have a whole podcast series about this, about the conspiracy to take down Tootsie. Sir, where might people find this podcast? On everywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got more time left in our hour. It appears that the man is now foaming at the mouth and writhing. <laughs> so for the rest of this broadcast, I suppose we will play the most recent episode from the alleged man's alleged podcast. Brenda? Hello and welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. I'm Alan. And I'm strapped to a nine foot rainbow alligator, Matt. <laughs> In Spalding, Nebraska. <laughs> Is Spalding, is Spalding a place? Spalding, Nebraska is a real place. I just kept scrolling around on Google Maps until I found a place that I thought the town and the state sounded funny when you said them together. The, the population was 487 in the <laughs> 2010 census. It makes sense that a, that a theme park would not succeed in Spalding, Nebraska. How are you, Alan? I've never been better in my whole life. My wedding is like a month away. Really? Because I'd be having like a panic attack. Yes, this is me excited. I'm excited. <laughs> There's no panic or pressure on me at this moment. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm 
relieved. Oh, okay. Because another part of your wedding is coming together nicely. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you finished uh, the speech or something. Oh, no, I haven't started that. Can't tell if you're being serious. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're good with improv, so I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm going to wheel out an iPad, like a big iPad. (laughs) <laughs> like a big iPad? You mean a TV? Yeah, like a big iPad and just play the thing from from Rick and Morty, the speech Rick gives at Bird Person's wedding. Yeah. Which is the uh, uh, crumple up notes and speak from the heart. A big iPad. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty big iPad you got on the wall there. We're over in chemistry crap. Chemistry crap? Chemistry crap? This is going to be chaos. Oh my um, God, what? <laughs> Remember in chemistry class where they used to wheel in the big iPad on the cart with the strap on it? (laughs) Man, they made iPads thick back then. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone is also wondering, yes, I do have a drink in my hand that I am very overtired. So I don't know when this episode is going up. It could be like a week before my wedding, actually, now that I think about it, because we've got the bachelor party coming up and we'll be releasing a different episode during that. Mm -hmm. You've already heard it, everybody out there. I don't know if I'm going to do a whole episode of just the stuff we say at the bachelor party. That's true. This is an interesting thing because you in the future know whether I did that or not. But now I don't in the past. So then you you from the future need to write back to us in the past and let us know what happened. Yes, please. And let us know what stocks we should invest in. How's Bitcoin doing? <laughs> what is a Dogecoin? What is a Dogecoin? And how do you mine it? And w- w- I don't understand. <laughs> what is Elon Musk even doing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with those sweet words. I don't indulge in this a lot, but I indulge in this practice with you. Oh. A lot. Or not a lot, but when we do, it's always a bit interesting. Okay. The practice of hate watching. Oh, yeah. So the practice of finding a show or finding something that is not good or, you know, we don't like. Right. Yeah. We we actively dislike the show. Right. The whole thing is watching it just because we dislike it and making fun of it. I don't know if you remember the most memorable time we did this. Mm-hmm. Do you remember The Hollow? Oh, fuck the hollow. <laughs> Man, that show. You... Oh. <laughs> the hollow is a show on Netflix. It's it's a cartoon. Uh, when we started <laughs> it, we thought it was going to be like a cool kind of adult, edgy, or at least teen sci-fi thing. We thought we were getting into a Gravity Falls situation. Yes. Like a, this is for kids, but Mm -hmm. like. It's good. Right. But as the show went on, it just (laughs) lost more and more gas to us at least. Mm -hmm. Because in remembering the name of that show, I learned that it currently has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Um, What? Yeah. What? That's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? And, 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 and two seasons. Oh my God. Why? The average audience score of it is 77%. So I think the act of hate watching is really fun. <laughs> How did it get 100? Isn't Rotten Tomatoes like peer reviewed? Like it, it's people that know what they're talking about? So it, it's it's an aggregator site. It takes all of the reviews that have been put out and just kind of averages the score. How did it average to a hundred? Based on- Like the one person that reviewed it and was like, I liked it. 
A series is an average tomato meter when at least 50% of its seasons have a score. The average tomato meter is the sum of all seasons score divided by the number of seasons with a tomato meter. So it has two seasons, and out of those two seasons, it averaged 100%. Listen up. We're going to take you through this show so you can understand this. I was ready to talk about other shows that we hate watch, but I have to focus on this now because... <laughs> This show is really intriguing at first. If I remember correctly, you're introduced to these three kids. They wake up amnesia in a strange place in like the woods. And it's all very mysterious and kind of like they got kidnapped or something like mm -hmm. that. And then through escaping and all these things, they realize that they each have like this unique power. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. At this point we started speculating what the show could be about. What could be the twist? Are they all up and coming gods that are like mm. taking on their mantle? Are are these, you know, mutants that were kidnapped? I don't know. Like we we, we just kept throwing out all these different ideas. And then it, it, it's like episode five or six mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh, none of that's true. They're just in a video game. Yeah, there was something very clear that happened. One of the bad guys or something made some side comment that it was like, if you were a dumb kid, maybe you wouldn't pick up on it. But as adults, we were like, wait, are they are they just in a video game? They're just in a video game. And that would work if it was like maybe at the end. But the thing is, it's like halfway through the season. Yeah. And so we're just like, oh, I'm like half expecting as we go further into the season that maybe we're wrong because it's not fully confirmed. So you're like, I'm still waiting to see if it surprises me with a twist. And then you get to the end and they're like. We're in a video game. And then it cuts to live action where like the kids are coming out of the video game. Yeah. And it turns out that like what they experienced as like two weeks was all in the course of like an hour game show or something like that. Something it I mean, for kids, it's fine. Yeah. For kids, it's fine. But also like as two adult people who are like, let's watch this. I guess it's just like, oh, yeah. All the implications, all of the mystery, all of the suspense, all of the danger that the characters were in. You're just like. Oh, okay. It was just all, it was all a dream. You know, like it's that kind of throwaway. And it right. just, oh, I was so mad. <laughs> but this is to say that while we did not enjoy that particular program, the act of watching it and the act of getting progressively more and more annoyed or angry at it was kind of part of it. That's fair. I don't want to dive too much into it, but I will say that Lucifer is definitely one of those shows for me. Oh, God, I hate Lucifer. I know you kind of you kind of unabashedly enjoy it. I enjoy it for the same reason we're talking about, where it's like it's so over the top and so stupid. Mm -hmm. I love how it tries to take itself seriously. I do have to give Lucifer credit. They did cross over into the, the weird CWDC shows, which I do appreciate. Yeah, which I don't know how they pulled that off, but good for them. <laughs> While in the Bible, uh, <laughs> Lucifer is also technically a DC Comics character. Because <laughs> he appeared in uh, Sandman, I believe, and Hellraiser. If you haven't seen Lucifer, it's about literally the devil who... <laughs> <laughs> runs a nightclub in like Miami and he ends up helping a female police officer solve crimes because he's bored. Yeah, he's bored. And because she's the only person who whose desire he can't read. It's like a Twilight thing where it's like, you're the one that resists me. It's weird. But yeah, Lucifer is that same. Just like, why? Why? Because in the middle of like a conversation, he'll be like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm Lucifer. I'm the devil. 
I'm the actual living devil. And people are like, oh, come on. That's like, nice. That's just how Lucifer acts. His name is literally Lucifer. And they're like, come on, Lucifer. You're just joking around. Right. They just call him Lucifer. Yeah. They're just like, oh. <laughs> oh, Beelzebub. <laughs> right. It's, it's, li- it's literally at that level of like, Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It needed to be said to me. And so now I shall say it to you. It is okay to leave your job. It is okay to leave your job. I'm not telling you, Matt, to leave your job, but I'm saying. Oh, I was say, did you leave your job? Well, I did. Not this one, but I left oh, my other like, job for this one. I thought he was like, oh yeah, I left the I left the the old folks home. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, you know that I was. I don't want to say stuck. Like I enjoyed the work, but I was I was in an unhealthy place with my work life balance. Yes. I was like refusing to leave because of a multitude of reasons. And it took a lot of people caring for me and encouraging me to make the change that I was finally able to do it. You're also very empathetic. So I know a lot of the a lot of the justification for you staying there was like, oh, well, it would be hard to replace me or like, I don't want to leave them high and dry. And it's just like, we're not like Stockholm syndroming your way into staying into in this position. I, I do remember just a lot of, I have to go do this and this and this and this. And it's like, oh God. It definitely kept me busy. But exactly what you were talking about, there's a lot of pressures emotionally and socially when you are trying to leave a job or you're thinking about leaving a job. And when people say work isn't personal, let's be honest, work is pretty personal. Mm -hmm. You probably spend more time at work than you do at home with your family, not counting like sleep. Yeah, it's at least 40 hours a week, let alone if you were in a position like you were, which which was salaried. Yeah. So we can, you know, work into the ground. And there's a lot I've read about the current culture of workaholics and people who work way too much being praised in the workplace mm-hmm. and, and people being encouraged and being like, look at him. He worked 60 hours last week instead of what it should be, which is like, you should not be working 60 hours every week. That is unhealthy. And you're going to be end up doing less quality work for the company. Right. This kind of goes into, I think, the current culture of rise and grind, you know, gotta, if you don't put in the hours, you're not going to get the results. And it's like, I understand in certain ways that that is true, but at the same time, you have to set boundaries and take time for yourself. Because if you don't, that's how the thing that you're working on crumbles. So like if I started my own business or I started my own venture and I was self-employed and I'm working 80 hours a week or whatever and I burn out, well, my business would suffer. Yeah. So if you're like me and you're out there and this thought pops into your head that maybe this position, this company, or this whole career field isn't for you. I know that. I know that there's this feeling that comes on, this guilt that manifests because like Matt said, like you're leaving behind friends at work. So the slack that you leave behind, they're probably going to have to pick up until you a replacement is hired. If you feel empathy for your boss, knowing that they're going to have to be searching for someone, hiring someone, training them and all the time they're losing out on manpower while you're gone. Or you feel guilty and indebted to your job where you're like, ah, they hired me and I just received a raise last month and they threw all this nice birthday stuff for me and now I'm going to be like, goodbye. And the sunken cost fallacy. Oh, yeah. I've spent three years here. Mm hmm. You know, I've built up this rapport. I, my coworkers yeah. like trust me. You know, I know where things are in the office. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not illustrating these to give you reasons to not quit or not leave your job. I'm saying them because it's important for you to acknowledge how you're feeling and whether these things are excuses or whether they are actual reasons that you you don't want to go. Because it could be that they're just excuses that are distracting you from the bigger issue at hand, which is your fear of, if I change jobs, will it be better? Will I be happier? And the answer is it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. (laughs) If you're unhappy now and you are unable to resolve it where you are, that is the thing that matters. Believe it or not, if you are unhappy now, you will most likely continue to be unhappy Mm -hmm. as you do the job. And that doesn't mean that as soon as you have like a rough day at work, you're like, fudge it, I'm out. Obviously, you should think of what you're doing and make sure that it's not something coming from you and that's actually the space and the work you're doing that's that's making you unhappy but if you picture this matt right Mm -hmm. you have three cups in front of you Mm -hmm. you need a ball and you know a ball is under one of the three cups you flip the first cup no ball there's no guarantee there's a ball under the next cup you flip but are you just gonna sit there with an empty cup right no you're gonna flip the next cup and flip the next cup until you get the ball So if you're unhappy now, flip the next cup. Simple as that. Thank you for coming to my doc talk. (laughs) Is that what these are called now? The DOC talk, yeah. My doc talk. So that we don't don't get sued by the other one. (laughs) Exactly. I felt very powerful when I made that statement. It made me feel good. I felt like I was saying it to myself. Good. I mentioned this last week, but the weather is getting like consistently nice like almost like every day up here yeah yeah it's lovely in the north (laughs) you're 30 minutes away Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no i mean like both of us we're both in the north i mean yeah true we're getting like 70s 80s you know Mm -hmm. pretty consistently uh and as that has happened my running group is just having a bit more fun you know things are relaxing girl Yep, uh, we're having a bit more fun. More and more people are getting vaccinated. People were just kind of relaxing, like, okay, well, this is kind of what we can... It's not as like, don't touch me. Stay away from me. Is the extra DNA helping them run faster? Like lizard legs and eagle wings? There's one guy, I think he's 6'5". <laughs> I don't think that's because of the vaccine. Were you always 6'5"? He was 4'8 when we started. <laughs> uh, no, he's like 6'5", and like the, the build of like a cinnamon stick. Like he is... <laughs> very very thin and very very agile and he's just like yeah it feels so good to run without the mask now that i'm vaccinated and like i can go like my proper speed and i'm like you have a final form like (laughs) (laughs) you have you can go fast yeah like but this is to say as things are getting more and more relaxed we are starting to do uh socials and happy hours oh nice one of the people who runs with us, his name is Ryan. He's a very lovely man. And he has a rooftop deck. Oh, shit. And so what he's like, oh, well, after the run, everyone go grab food or drinks or whatnot and come over and we'll go up to the deck. That's sick. It's a lovely view of the city as a kind of the sun setting, as kind of everything's going down. He has lights all around the deck railing. He has a cat. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking sold. <laughs> yeah. And it's just very nice. Like, oh, we're having a happy hour coming over. I'm like, and I don't feel weird about it. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, should I? Like, are we? Uh, it's just like, no, everyone in that building is vaccinated and I am too. And I can go and have a drink with people. <laughs> and it's very nice. And I am going to fucking enjoy myself. 
That's why I'm, I'm so excited for the bachelor party because I'm like, we're all vaccinated. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. I'm really jealous of you that you get to be out there in the big city <laughs> climbing on rooftops and stuff. I, well, that's the thing is I climb up the side of the building <laughs> yeah, to you, get there. <laughs> you scale the wall. You got like yeah. a figure eight knot, you're belayed. You're just like <laughs> ending up with your white claw. <laughs> My white Oh, God. <laughs> I want to just appreciate rooftop chilling. Oh, okay. That's where we got to. Okay. Yeah. This is so nice. And I'm so incredibly jealous of people who are able to do this like mm-hmm. whenever they want. Like, I have to go over to Ryan's place or Jason's place to do that. But it's just like, oh, this is great. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of turn into you, you're like Linda Belcher type. I'm just like, oh, this is so nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can see the oh. whole city. Hi, city. <laughs> it's very that. Like, and everyone's like, what do you do? I'm like, hi. <laughs> oh. This is not pretty nice. woman. <laughs> I've never gone up on a roof thing like that before ever. It's nice. It's definitely a bit weird because it is a different environment. Like I remember one time we were we finished and it was like, oh, we should go, you know, we should go up. And he was like, well, just so you know, it's probably colder up there. There's no like tree cover, there's no other buildings. There's gonna it's gonna be windier and so therefore colder. We're like, oh, you're right. Huh. We should wait. So it's really only like warmer days that you can utilize really warm it's like like this past tuesday was perfect was like say no more nice and plus like you get to like have conversations and just talk to people about like the whole stuff going on with like bill gates and how (laughs) we're like kind of like talking about melinda and it's like oh what's going on with her but at the same time like talking about like boston and like all right what's the politics around boston or trips coming up or whatnot and it's just like okay this is this is socializing again i think that's probably what i miss most i've said it like a thousand times at work but because my job is front desk work i don't talk to anybody more than a few like seconds yeah like if somebody stops to talk to me for 30 seconds i'm like okay i i need to get back to work <laughs> like, yeah I, yeah i can't be talking to you for this long. right and but also like like your D group like having your D group not do it over zoom and like get together that would be amazing believe it or not we have never done that what this group yeah oh this i was like i've literally seen your D <laughs> group together like yeah we when i played D with my family we would get together but this group this summer camp staff off-season group we have never gotten together physically and i'm very very curious to see like what that session would look like if we did all come together yeah because I've mentioned it a ton, there's a lot of role playing that can be done just by turning to look at the person you're talking to. Absolutely. And, and I think, and just having that kind of that, that socialization, just that sense of being in a space. And I want to turn my basement into a medieval tavern at some point. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. I want to have a furnished basement, make it a medieval tavern with like multiple tables. And then when I invite people over to hang out, I just act as like the bartender and everybody who comes down has to role play. And I just hand out drinks and we talk about adventures and it's just socializing in good space. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Love that medieval chic. <laughs> Actually, because I'm going to talk about this, I now do know when the podcast is going to go out. Okay. I specifically picked this. So this podcast will be airing on Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day, everyone. Happy Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day and... I think we can all agree Memorial Day is important. Yes. Period. Whether you are against 
<laughs> what? I was just like, and that's on period, sis. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll go die now. Uh, whether you're pro or anti-war uh, or army or military or whatever, it doesn't matter because this day, in my opinion, is very much about reverence mm-hmm. towards those that are gone. So back in my hometown, there's a small memorial park. It's probably like 60 feet by 180 feet. It's tucked between two buildings. My sister and I both did our Eagle projects there. Every year, the town holds a memorial service there where like the VA, the police department, the fire department, the local scouts, like a singer and a trumpet player from the band in the high school, like they come out and they do this ceremony. It's not like a huge to do. It has a very wholesome small town vibe when they do it. Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up in this town, I went to probably half a dozen of these things. I remember one ceremony, my girlfriend at the time was with me and she eventually stepped away from the ceremony because she, quote unquote, didn't support the military. And I always found that really strange because while I understand the link between the two, I have always viewed them as separate. I view any kind of support or military anything as separate from Memorial Day. So to me, honoring our veterans and those who gave their lives isn't the same as supporting our current military or national initiatives or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Did you watch Coco? Yes. It's about remembering the people who are gone. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at it that way, you're like, hell, that's like really nice. Yeah. When I actually think about it for Memorial Day, I don't even associate Memorial Day with like the president or even our nation. Even though we put American flags everywhere, I don't consider Memorial Day like an American thing. It just feels like it's about the dead, the people who are gone. Right. There are a lot of countries that have their own version of, you know, Remembrance Day or, you know, something to that effect. And it just takes different forms and different ideas. I think it's it's one of those situations where the more you know, the muddier it gets. How do you mean? I mean, in the sense of like, all right, no, yes, we should honor the people who, who gave their lives for our, our country, who made that sacrifice. But at the same time, it's one of those things where like, it's hard to separate the military from the war. Okay, that's fair. And so with, so with that comes the like, well, why are we there? What's the policy? What's the administration? It's mentally hard to differentiate those sometimes. But I do agree with you that ultimately it is about human beings and human beings who have passed on somebody who at some time tried to do what they thought was best for others and that's really it it's like you do what you think is best at that time a really interesting thought that pops into my head sometimes you know how there's the idea that time is relative yes how time is all happening at once but we can only perceive it in this very linear fashion so i like to hope that time is relative And that somehow my silent reverence on May 31st can cross the time stream and like comfort a past veteran who's like in their final hour of service. Right. That's super cool to me. Yeah. And and I think just in remembrance and just knowing what that is, regardless of if you agree with policy or why we're there. Because I mean, that's the thing is I can argue with you like, why are we there? You know, what, mm-hmm. you know, pro-war, war is politics. But ultimately in the day, it's like these politics do not detract from, from the fact that some people have been killed because of this. And it's not their fault. They're just doing what they thought was right at the time. It is about just like, hi, let's just be human beings for like 30 seconds mm-hmm. and like acknowledge this. And we have some really close friends who are in the military. Mm-hmm. Cross my heart. And I hope this never happens and yeah. knock on all the wood. 
But were we to lose any of them, that would be devastating. And I wouldn't care like how we lost them or what the nation was doing when it happened. Like Mm -hmm. when Memorial Day came around the next Memorial Day, you better freaking believe no matter what I'm there because it's about the people. It's different when it affects you. The thing to think about is the fact that even if it's not affecting you, it still has that same significance because those people meant something to somebody. Right. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. like, is like, you know, because of just the way your head works, you kind of have that ability to put yourself in those people's shoes. Right. So happy Memorial Day, everybody. Happy Memorial Day. Make sure that you think about why we're here mm-hmm. and how to prevent wars and people dying in the future. Because I think we can all agree that usually war is bad. I don't know. We'll bring that up on the next six degrees of trash. We'll see what I have to say. About <laughs> oh, my God. War. Uh, yeah. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the Internet a long time. What's your first memory of being on the Internet? I think I remember my first thing on the Internet being being YouTube. Really? Like all timey, like viral videos like Kelly's Shoes. Oh my god, let's go get some shoes. Yeah, exactly. Kelly's shoes, Charlie the Unicorn. Yeah, Charlie the Unicorn, Fred. Fred. Oh god, Fred. (laughs) Fred is my my night terrors monster. (laughs) But like those kind of viral videos. Recently, actually via YouTube, I remembered kind of the OG viral video that still has the same power for me and still makes me laugh. I'm enabling sharing just in case. All right, what is this video? Let me, let me get it out. Now, <laughs> now that we're now we're enabling sharing, I have to do it. <laughs> I'm wondering if I've seen it. You probably have. What is this? In a series of family learning channel commissioned animator Don Hertzfeld to produce promotional segments for their network. The cartoons were complete in five weeks. The Family Learning Channel rejected all of them upon review, and they were never aired. Oh. My spoon is big. My spoon is too big. My spoon is too big. Oh, this. I am a banana! You're watching the Family Learning Channel. (laughs) And then it goes on and on from there for about 10 minutes. Yeah, I forgot about those. Those are weird. And they're funny. They're still hysterically funny. Like Mm -hmm. each one of those makes me laugh still. 15 years later, at least. Yeah, when we talk about pop culture that we've implemented into our lives, I have said multiple times over the course of many years, my spoon is too big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If somebody hands me like a really big spoon, I'm always like, my spoon <laughs> is too big. And no one gets it. It's just one of those things. I have a very distinct memory of that animator, Don Hertzfeld, who's a real person and a real animator. And that, that video is called Rejected. Yes, uh, it's just Rejected cartoons that this guy supposedly did for a fictitious thing called the family learning channel (laughs) he has a lot of other animations as well uh one of them being the animation show the animation show yeah it's these two little puffballs 
the little puffball things he draws. Yeah. Uh, hosting the the world showcase in high end animation, and just how everything goes awry and everything it's it's plenty weird, right? And it has that same sense of humor of just being like insane. <laughs> but those were two very very formative pieces of media in my <laughs> relationship with internet and humor. But it's funny because I remember just recently another YouTuber I watched named Jacob Geller did an essay about the Simpsons. Okay. This comes around. All right. And how basically in like the Simpsons 26th season in like a very forgettable episode about Krusty the Clown, they hired Don Hertzfeld to do the couch gag. So the intro. No way. According to Don, Fox and the team at the Simpsons and all those people gave him next to no oversight. So he could do whatever... <laughs> pretty much whatever jacob goes on to explain like hi i'm not going to like show it but you should go watch it well now we have to watch it i'll get it up okay what episode was it so other people can search it it is season 26 episode one uh so it is deep deep in the simpsons <laughs> so i'm going to share my screen so alan and i can watch it and we're probably not gonna play the whole thing because it's like two minutes We'll post it on the Facebook, though. So we'll post on the Facebook thing so you can kind of see. It's <laughs> weird. It's very, very bizarre. <laughs> but I think it's well worth your time. What proceeded to happen after that was about two and a half minutes of mind melting. So we'll just cut back to where our boys are at now. I'm not going to I'm not going to touch on it at all i want everybody who's listening honest to god go to the facebook page watch it that is all and now time for a fun episode of the simpsons what the fuck that stuff fucks with my head it does but it's so good So what, what we can do is we'll post the actual couch gag itself so you can watch that. And we'll also post Jacob's really, really insightful, really brilliant essay and his interpretation. Oh my God. But this is to say, it seems very, very full circle that Dawn is kind of there at the beginning of my relationship with the internet. <laughs> and now the end. And, and now the end. I'm done and, with and, the internet. And, and kind of where I'm at now. Oh, man it's it's i'm just trying to like uh you're doing a podcast we're here we're doing a podcast are you okay i'm just like that fucked me up it's a lot it's a lot i don't know why it was just like yeah it was a lot it was a lot and jacob makes a lot of sense of it and kind of what don does what his style is what he was working on at the time and how it relates to that animation short he's working on a series i think called world of tomorrow that's all about like a future version of this girl named emily going back to tell herself to like save the world yeah i'm not gonna watch that no <laughs> no and that's the thing is don Herzl isn't necessarily uh fun uh he's not like a light fun animated thing he's good though he's very good because he makes you like he makes me fuck up a whole podcast episode because like 
have a crisis. He won an Oscar for Rejected, actually. Good for him, man. He deserves it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Don Hertzfeld just because I kind of forgot he existed until three days ago. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should go watch more. My next thing is very fun. Good. Palette cleanser. I want to do it justice, but <laughs> I, f- I feel like a depressed clown where I'm like, I'm like a balloon. <laughs> okay, here we go. I think I can get back into it. How famous do we have to be to be able to name our fans? That's a good question. BTS has the army. Game Grumps call their fans the lovelies. There's Justin Bieber's Beliebers. There's Light Lady Gaga's Little Monsters. What are our fans called? Oh, uh, um, I don't know. Do we even decide? Or is it just like an organic thing that happens? I'm not sure. Well, I remember Gaga being, I think, the first one to like name her fan base or her her fan base had a name. I'm not sure how that happened. If any of the listeners know what came first. Let's find out. I know that like different artists or different things had fan clubs. And that was kind of what that was, was a fan club. Kiss in the 70s had the Kiss Army, and you could like basically buy a fan club membership. <laughs> and you got like a little card that said, like, you are now enlisted in the Kiss Army. Right. I know one of my favorite bands, The Killers, has a fan club called The Victims. That's clever. Kind of clever. Yeah. Kind of dark, but clever. Yeah. While working on her second album, Lady Gaga developed the theme of monster, both in physical form and to describe her inner fear. During the summer of 2009, she first started to use the name during her live performance to refer to her fans. The name fit them well because her fans crawl and scream during her show like <laughs> monsters would do. Uh, <laughs> that's it, though. That's I've, oh, God. Yeah, that's so accurate, though. But I mean, and that, that was kind of the thing is a lot of people who who identify as little monsters kind of, kind of tend to feel not like outcasts but it, they want to say i want to say they, they beat to their own drum they do things a bit differently <laughs> and so having that kind of title of like a little monster i think definitely oh that's me it reminds me of what your parents would call you my little monster my little monsters yeah yeah but when she says it it's weirdly endearing it's like we're all little monsters i think that's kind of her intent yeah. I'm not sure at what point, you know, if that's organic or if, if just saying little monsters is just kind of stuck. Right. Yeah. Like she said it once and everybody was like, that's what we are. Right. Or if BTS was like, you're the army. <laughs> Form in line. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Fallen under order. Um, I am not sure how that worked. Do our. <laughs> this is such a bad name and it shouldn't stick at all and i would be shocked if it did but since we're like six doc Mm -hmm. what if it was like doc workers (laughs) doc workers what that's not what i thought you were gonna you're my doc worker (laughs) (laughs) what is up my little doc worker yeah like i thought you you were gonna say doctors or something like this no it's like did you get to the shore on time Or did you get turned away because they don't need any other help today? <laughs> Who's been hauling boxes since 9 a.m.? <laughs> well, I think it's time to sit back and relax with some degrees of celebration. <laughs> Who's making 35 cents a day? 
I had some ideas that I was going to share. Doc workers is very good. No, it's not. It's bad. Because it's degrees of celebration workers. They're the people that work through our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? I'm sure it's better. No, I've got the DOC's OOCs. So an OOC is an officer of celebration. <laughs> this also implies that you can like rank up. <laughs> I thought about this. Like you can accumulate celebration points <laughs> and like there's a rewards app. Congratulations. <laughs> Lieutenant of celebration. At the end of every episode, we release like a code and you put that into your rewards app and it gives you XP. Oh my god. As you get to a certain XP, you just rank up into this meaningless meaningless. System. You get nothing. You get nothing. At the end of the year, there's the lieutenant's ball where we invite all the people who are at lieutenant to level. like our house and give them like a high C. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, or like a lukewarm Capri Sun. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up this hierarchy system because I also thought about this. What if we built a hierarchical fan base where there is a council of six? Oh my God. Who are appointed to govern over the rest of the fan base. Okay, how do we pick those six? We have to figure out if we're two of the six. I don't think so. Okay, then if we're not two of the six, I would assume Ronnie would be one of the six. Ronnie's one. Ronnie's well, it, wait, one. is Ronnie even a fan? I don't know if he even listens to it. Ronnie, do you like our podcast? It's not the worst thing I've heard. Thanks for saying that. I, th I think Jenny would be on there. Yeah, okay, so Jenny's one of the council of six. Jake is a member of the council. Jake, your dog is definitely. Well, let's say you, council person, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> the vote is cast. Kill the man. <laughs> so I don't know why I thought of this when you said like a hierarchical system. Yeah, my immediate thought went to like the revenge system in like Shadow of War. Oh. Like, it, like if you kill the person above you, you take their spot. <laughs> you take their spot. But they can come back and take it back. <laughs> a la Black Panther, I challenge. Okay, let's build out this world. So there's a council <laughs> of six. Their identities are unknown. Mm -hmm. If a fan identifies a member of the council of six, they can challenge them to some kind of contest. Some doesn't need to be combat. Just some sort of DOC trivia. <laughs> Or like, I don't know, a baking content, like a bake sale. Okay. Like a, <laughs> like a deal with the devil kind of thing. You pick the, the challenge. Yeah. Since I'm challenging you, mm -hmm. you pick the challenge. Oh, oh, that's kind of broken though, isn't it? Well, if I'm challenging you, I need to prove to you that I'm better. Okay. That's fair. Then yeah, I would pick the challenge. Okay. So each of the council of six are like the elite four in Pokemon. <laughs> yes. And they each have like a type of challenge that they <laughs> use to maintain their position. Their, their status quo. And if the new person wins, then they become the new council member. And the other one is shunned back to private first class. Right. And they have to start from the bottom and work right up. Whatever the but recruit. It'd probably be the first. <laughs> recruit. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of how that works. I've been recruited into this podcast I've been listening to. <laughs> this cult. I yeah, that sounds very culty. Oh my god. That's no, so it's not culty. culty. We just follow the, the Council of Six and they determine <laughs> what weekly screenshot we post. <laughs> 
yeah, what what does the council decide? I feel like the council could do a lot of cool things. So we give the council power over the podcast in a certain way. So the council can, if they vote unanimously, they can move to make a month a specific theme and we can only do degrees within Related that. to that. Yeah. Or they can choose one fan at random to sacrifice to us. <laughs> and do you mean like kill? I think that's up to us. <laughs> Just given to us. Yeah. They're like, here's this month's offering. It's just like a 12 year old. Let the blood of the subscriber <laughs> run. Blood run, like on unison. Blood run, blood run. <laughs> blood for the blood god. Blood for the blood god. <laughs> Very, oh god, that's awful. <laughs> Let the blood of the duck worker run. <laughs> oh god. This got dark, this got like intense. It's really fun if you're like in the council though, so I feel like everybody would be really into it. Much like society, if you're at the top, it's great. If you're at the bottom. Yeah, but you can't walk up to your CEO and be like, I challenge you. And if I win, I get your job. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so much better if you could? <laughs> if you could challenge your manager, hey, you're doing a great job, but I'm sorry, Allison. It's time to go down. Look, it's been fun, but I think it's time for me to move up at this company. <laughs> she just has like a ton on her wall. Like, <laughs> I like this because then we can get really heavy into it and we have like specific ornate medallions that the Council of Six wear. Mm -hmm. If you beat them, you get the medallion and they have like these big cloaks and cowls they wear. So at the live show, the Council of Six get to sit at the very front in all of their garb and everything. And they always have dibs to the front row. But our live shows are a massacre afterwards because everybody's challenging them. That's kind of the thing is, do they dare to show up? And are they packing? How do they get out of that room alive? Right. Or they're just like insanely confident. Right. I love the idea that one of the council members is like an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> she's the one that always shows up because she's so incredibly confident. Mm -hmm. She's one of those people that has the air of like an old woman. Mm -hmm. And so like everybody just gives her a wide berth and they're like, you don't challenge Mary Beth. You leave Mary Beth alone. It's very, very like Yo-Yo from Kill Bill Volume 1. She's like a schoolgirl, but it's like you don't you don't fight Yo-Yo. It's like when all the other council members, some of them are like 45-year-old men are arguing. When she like puts down her hand, they all shut oh, up. Oh, <laughs> it's um that little girl from Game of Thrones. It is that. Yes, that's exactly That little girl is. from Game of Thrones is like, yo, <laughs> I will fight and die for the North. Liana Mormont. Yes. Liana the little badass. Spoilers, who died taking down a giant. She's awesome. And she is, um, she's Ellie. She's going to play Ellie. Oh, in the Last of Us live action thing? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, she's going to do awesome. With um, Pedro Pascal. That's going to be a good show. Mm, I agree. All right. Well, let us know what you think in, in the comments. <laughs> Give us some feedback, I guess, on this weird undertaking, this weird swerve the podcast is making, I guess, to cult. <laughs> We're putting out the call. Let the six rise. <laughs> oh my God. It's like the Josh fight. We're just going to give them coordinates. And the first six to show up are it. And if they can get out of there alive. Yeah. The, the six that emerge winning all the challenges. That's how we choose initially. Yeah. 
But if you want to leg up on the competition, it's not we're not, you know, exactly unbiased people, Matt and I. So <laughs> if you were to happen to throw a five star review in iTunes, you know, maybe we'd be more willing to consider you for the Council of Six. It, I think it is an executive decision, too, in certain regards. Yeah. 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 And also, don't forget that if you post a review, it doesn't have to be five stars. You post an honest review on iTunes and then you end it with do your worst. We will read your review on the podcast and we will roast you. If you don't want us to roast you, just don't put that just at leave, the end. Just leave a nice review, I guess. Yeah. And we'll mention it at the end. Yeah. Leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us out. Helps more people discover the podcast, helps more people learn about what we do here. You know who's definitely on the council right at the beginning? Our boy, Lakey Lakey Inspired. Inspired. Yes. Thank you for the use of our theme song, The Process, Lakey. You're the man. You can find our podcast everywhere you listen. Including... I don't know where you want me to list. I don't care. You don't have to. You can find our podcast literally anywhere you want to listen to it. (laughs) You can find us in the weird ATM machine in the bodega down the street. (laughs) Press one to withdraw. Press two to deposit. Press three for six degrees of celebration. (laughs) I just stand there for 45 minutes. (laughs) Just staring at the ATM. The people in line behind you are like tapping their feet. (laughs) You're like, it's a long one. I I don't know. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. I know what the hell this is. (laughs) Uh, it won't let me cancel my transaction until it's over. I need money. That's how we get fans. <laughs> Every ATM comes preloaded with an episode of Six Degrees of Celebration. <laughs> it's so st- Oh my God, we're so fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> Alan, mm-hmm. thank you for potting with me this week. Hey, I'm going to start repeating them, I'm sure. But Matt, you and I are just two peas in a pod. Why are you looking at me like that? It was so cringe. <laughs> you know what I realized listening to us talk about Gen Z and using the word cringe? I realized that now the word cringe is cringe. When you hear people be like, that's so cringe, it makes me cringe. Yeah. And now cringe yeah. is on its way to losing its meaning. Say it with me, everyone. Cringe. 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 Hangnail. Cringe. Yeah. Now, if you accident with your face, it's the weirdest freaking word. Cringe. Cringe. There goes our one remaining fan. <laughs> Play us out. And we still have a few minutes left on the broadcast. We will bring you back to the man tied to the eight foot tall rainbow alligator Tootsie in Tootsie Toyland, Spalding, Nebraska. He seems to have calmed down. Sir? Y- yes. Sir, are you all right? Yeah. I, I just needed a snack. Oh, are you diabetic? No. Okay. I almost said, would you like to be? <laughs> I'm just weird. Sir, I do want to just let you know that you have convinced me. On this day, let it be known all throughout Channel 4 News and everywhere in the world, all LGBTQ people <laughs> have equal rights and deserve the right to be married and love whoever they want. It has been decided thanks to this man right here tied to this eight foot tall rainbow alligator. Thank you, sir, for your service to our nation. They they decided that in 2015, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of same sex marriage. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did they actually? Yeah. So anybody can marry anybody now? Yeah. That's fucking awesome.